The life of a jobbing commentator isn't glamorous, but it does lead to some interesting places and scenarios. The landscape of freelancers is affected by a lot of blowing smoke by your youngsters, your age, your gender, and finally your ability. The world is very cost-orientated nowadays, where at times quality is sacrificed over cost. So in a way, thank goodness I am a cheap date. Now as the autumn, winter and spring months lay before me, I think if you are interested, <laughs> I will keep a diary of what matches I commentate on, and where they're taking place, and my thoughts going into the plethora of different teams and competitions. I will hopefully give you an insight as to my prep, or maybe lack of it, my place, my concerns. And did you know that XEI in Chinese is pronounced more like Xi? And exactly what goes through your head when you must fill 90 minutes of radio airtime with description and PC commentary? USP is important, but I think I'm one of a kind. How have I got here? How have I survived? I really don't know. But while it lasts, I am to enjoy it. And all fairness, I've added other strings to my bow. The news papa and live streaming. And continue to run a business outside of sport. But please, please, please remember, I got no qualifications at all. I flunked at school, so my grammar may be suspect. Game one. Rangers versus Servet in the Europa League on the 9th of August 2023. Well, as I've just said, it's the 9th of August 2023 and I'm very much looking forward to blowing the cobwebs away with a European qualifier for Glasgow Rangers versus Swiss side Servet. Now, although my playing days are well behind me, I still very much look forward to giving a performance and therefore I do, as normal, have a few nerves. I'll be doing this commentary from a little studio booth in Oxfordshire, so not too far to travel, but like my playing days, I am carrying a knock. Not a knock-knock, but a commentator's knock. I've had a cold recently, maybe Covid. Not sure which, but I'm not going to spend a tenner on a test because I've failed tests all the way through my life. Ba-boom. One look at my clothes show I have no taste anyway. Now this is a website commentary and uh, not such a high profile gig in this instance, but it's paid nevertheless. So I sort of do a lame fitness check commentary and then I declare myself fit to go ahead. I look at the names of the opposition for pronunciation purposes, a little historical overview and a glance for any household names or stories and we should be ready to go. Now, I know I'm on the back end of mucus mayhem caused by the aforementioned cold or COVID, but the nasal cavities are dry, but the voice still remains a little Buddy White-esque. But okay. Well, 45 minutes in and I'm subbed off. In fairness, I could have been hooked after just five minutes. I was coughing like an idiot and the producers, quite rightly, were angered with me. I'm a little bit of a silly twat for thinking I could pull it off. You see, 19 minutes of a football commentary and flying solo, in this instance, is a hard gig. There's no respite, and one second of dead air can sound like an hour to the listener. But in fairness, it wasn't dead air, as they did manage to hear me cough my lungs up live on air. Apologetic and breathless, I took my leave. The company I was working for were okay about it, mainly because I'm one of their favourites when commentating, but I still felt like a naughty schoolboy. In the game, Rangers overcame Servette, winning 2-1. In real life terms, I've been defeated in my first match of the season. 
game two, Sheffield United versus Crystal Palace. Well, just four days after my coughing fit, I'm back in the big boy studio, TalkSport Studios at London Bridge for the first game of the Premier League season. Am I fit? And by that I mean fit enough to commentate, not any other thoughts that you might have in your head. Our fixtures per month are set out pretty much a month ahead for planning and prepping purposes. Sheffield United are back in the big league versus Roy Hodgson's Palace. It's safe to say there were more appetising games on the cards, in my humble opinion. I travelled to London by train and then tubed across, mainly thinking not about the contest ahead, but more of whether I could sustain the commentary after Wednesday night's abject failure due to illness, not ability. That is my opinion, not yours, by the way. My commentary style uh, sort of has a pace about it in its delivery, which I hope to draw in the listener to the action. I am their eyes on the radio broadcast, and I think description, feeling of how the game is panning out, and the actual position of the action is so important. Dry humour, stroke honesty, is another factor for their enjoyment, I hope. And I also feel, needless to say, that some broadcasters over the years of doing the job can often slip into shouting out players' names in the hope that the listener knows that they are a centre-back and will paint their own picture of where they are on the pitch. Or sometimes they just digress into meaningless how-is-the-game-going chat between themselves before picking up when they, who actually can see the game, think something may be building. But heaven forbid anyone actually tell those commentators that, because they have been doing it for years and yet nobody complains. In fact, their figures are very good. But that is often because there's no competition out there to their broadcast. Did I just type or say that out loud? Once through the doors of this impressive building by the Shard, I always like to be nice to the reception team and the guards on the doors. They'll see a myriad of big-name people coming into the building who I often think won't pass the time of day with them. Yes, I'm not a big name, but I always take time to smile and say hello and ask how their day's going or just inquire how they are. It doesn't cost much to smile, does it? Anyway, once on the 10th floor, the team of commentators for the Premier League commentaries for the day sit in their respective boots and converse about mundane things and their own teams. Our television screens are giving us live pictures of the ground we are commentating on. We turn on the computers around the screens, open websites that will help us and we're all working on the various ways of preparing for the match ahead. Most of us have done our prep the day before but as we all know things can change hours before kickoff. Now each booth is soundproofed but only each commentator gets live crowd audio in his headphones. So if you are in the area as an observer, it is quiet apart from wrapped up commentators screaming about the action they see whilst immersed by their headphones in the chanting and the crowd reactions. On air at 2.55 and by 3pm on kickoff, I felt I could get through it. No more producer angering for me today. Good interaction on Twitter from around the globe came in, mainly for the graft I was having to do on a not-so-spectacular game. The final whistle blew and I handed over to the main game on the headline show, and then it's relax. Time now to do a reflective report on the game I just witnessed, which was hard as it was a one-goal win to Palace and not a thriller in Manila. Before I tube and train home, I scroll through the apps who have covered the game to see if they concur with my call and report. It's nice to know that I've got through 90 minutes solo commentary without a problem, got some positive feedback from around the globe, and seen Uncle Roy turn into Angry Roy in a touchline altercation with a Sheffield United player. (laughs) 
Game 3, Wolves versus Brighton, 19th of August 2023. Now, earlier in August, I spent a relaxing evening watching the opening Monday night football match on Sky between Manchester United and Wolves, where Wolves created a lot of presentable goal-scoring opportunities only to miss them. So, I was suitably looking forward on my train journey to the smoke of a good game between Wolves and Brighton, particularly as Roberto Deserbi's Brighton side were also a pleasure to watch. Now, I am by my very nature on time generally, if not a wee bit on the early side. Feeling relaxed with the majority of my prep done, earlier than normal I found myself on the vast London Bridge Station concourse with my obligatory coffee, watching a TFL remote-controlled hoover thing going up and down on the concourse. Now, this hoover thing was an industrial one, but it worked on the same premise as those little round hoovers stroke lawnmower jobbies that lazy gadget people have at home before realising they're not the best things since sliced bread. This one, at a rough guess, was going to cost thousands. Now, sad to say, I watched it go up and down for a length of time it took me to drink my very large, very hot latte. Now, here is my point. It went up and down the same piece of concourse, never deviated and never moved off its line. Well, I thought that's a good investment. But not only that, there was a cigarette butt that it went over at least 20 times without clearing it. All I can say is thank fuck that pigeon came down and took it away. OCD affects us all in one way or another. So I set off into the TalkSport live studios, chats being carried out along the way and up to the 10th floor. Once on the 10th floor, I again allow myself to take in the view. For me, I love looking at rooftops, especially London ones. Trains going in at a London Bridge station, people scurrying around, and some people doing that horrendous walk along the road and stop abruptly and point up towards a shard or something, not caring for one moment for the people that are following. They must now swerve like we all did during COVID to avoid the people who have stopped. There is just a sense of the enormity over everything, really. And also how small we all are in the global landscape. Shit, this is heavy. Back to Wolves versus Brighton. No fitness worries for me. Just a few nerves as I lift my fader up. Then I set off into scene-setting chat, followed by the team news and the match itself. Wolves were okay. They didn't match their performance. They gave it United away. Cunha took my eye along with Ike Nori. But ultimately, Brighton were better and ended up running out comfortable 4-1 winners. Three goals after the break basically won the game. Estupino straight after the reset and two in three minutes by Solly March, tapping one from the left and one from the right. Put the huffing and puffing wall side to bed. Not so much interaction as before, but I still found a few expat Brighton Wolves fans to Twitter with. Interaction on any medium is a welcome, specifically radio, as it can be lonely when broadcasting. And I'm often tempted, if I think I'm alone, to get a little devilish and send out something rude just for a reaction. But no, I am a professional, and I resist the voices in my head. Sometimes. Game 4, West Ham United versus Chelsea, 20th of August 2023. I'm up at 7.15am. I have a quick coffee, feed the dog and head off to get my non-league paper. I have a quick obligatory Costa. It's only across the road, then I'm off to the studios for my morning after show on Jack FM. On air from 9 till 12, dealing with local non-league sports, talking to all United fans and mixed with some excellent music and wah! Afterwards, it was a quick walk with the dog to where else but Costa. Well, it is my birthday. I slipped that line in before any of you thought that two Costas, seriously? And yes, it is my birthday and this isn't a lie. Basic justification on why I had two. 
Actually, some days I might have three, but that's another story when I'm on the road and I need a wee. I feel I have to buy a coffee and not just slope in there like others do just to spend a penny. But looking at it in the cold light of day, it's quite a lot of pennies being spent for a wee. Anyway, after about an hour at home, it's off to the local Booth Stroke studio for my little London derby for my friends across the water. West Ham United versus Chelsea, the Moisaya versus Mopar. Yeah, I don't like that either, but it was banded around at the Talk Sports studios yesterday. Cringeworthy, really. I don't see why they don't stick to tradition, like Moisey and Pochi. You know what I mean? My last outing for this client was a hooking on 45 minutes due to lung propulsion, or just plain simply coughing up my lungs live on air. But today the master has recovered, but he wasn't available, so I covered. Haha! <laughs> I put in a decent shift on a game where the irons were just the better side. James Ward-Prowse displayed his set-piece talents, providing two assists from corners, converted by a Gert and Antonio before West Ham, down to 10, settled the game in stoppage time with a Paqueta penalty. Carney Chukwumeka had equalised in the first half for Chelsea, and the Chelsea startlet's name is OK to say Chukwumeka. I will say it a dozen times prior to the game, and it rolls off the tongue. But mid-commentary, sometimes it ends up being said Chukwumeka instead of Chukwumeka. Stilted as opposed to flowing, if you follow my drift. Well, that's meant for me for you. Type to us, you know what I mean. Afterwards, a little spruce up to the studio, which looked a little dishevelled with my prep everywhere, and off to enjoy my birthday meal with friends. And that is real people, and not me sitting down in my pants with a Chinese meal binging on a friend's box set. I do love this restaurant, and pay the price for overindulgence on a variety of dishes and taste. Stuffed like a pepper, we head home to pay the dog sitter, who basically gets paid for sitting alongside our vehicle, about the same as I earned for the commentary earlier. Easy come, easy go as they say, but before anyone says it, and my wife is quick to remind me that I wanted a beagle. And if you've never owned one, they are great, but mischievous when left alone. So we don't. Game 5, Lille versus Rijeka, 24th of August 2023. Well, what can I say about Game 5 apart from the obvious, that is? Who are Rijeka FC? Well, they are Croatian and they are pronounced Rijeka. Cleared that up then. Another day and another London studio. This is one I like, but it's safe to say it's a bit of a faff to get to and into. Based in northeast Londonshire, you have to grab some keys from a location and find and let yourself into a place in another part of London. Key fobs, alarm fobs and instructions at the ready, I decide, having got lost the previous time, to take an Uber. You see, the last time I decided to walk to the studio as I was early, but for some unknown reason I approached the area from a different angle, so to speak, and didn't really recognise the area at all. Why should I, as I've only ever worked at the studio once before, and was approaching, let's say, from the east of the studio area and not the west. Now I did this horrible thing. As I was walking towards the studio, which is housed behind, let's say, a Notting Hill film type of door with no identification on it, I stopped about 50 yards away, not recognising the area. Turned around and walked away. Thick or what? But I didn't know this and subsequently walked away from where I was going, only to get stressed and lost and become very, very late. So that is why I took an Uber this time. This was a little holiday cover, and although I like the studio, it's a bit like a TARDIS. 
just a door between two shop fronts at the entrance. It's very big though as you go into the property. But although lit up and feeling lived in, I've never actually seen anyone there. A sort of Marie Celeste feeling to the place. Anyway, sat at the bottom of a spiral staircase, which leads, I think, to upstairs offices, there's a giant looking fridge thing, which is a studio pod. Inside are the variety of things required for the broadcast. Now, this is for a Swedish company, and I have to talk to their comms person in Sweden to let them know their commentator has arrived. Sadly for me, this is David. And I say sadly because I have assumed David is Swedish and talked to him as though David was the English equivalent of his Swedish name. So I proceed speaking slowly to him for him to understand. Turns out David's from London and David now thinks I'm a twat. The game on paper looks straightforward for Lil, but in essence it isn't. Rijika are no mugs and Lil struggle to win the game. Heavy weather, but Lil win 2-1 with a late winner to boot. I thank David, who in turn thanks me, and I felt I gave an 8 out of 10 performance. But please don't worry that I shouldn't mark myself, as you'll find out I'm brutally honest when it comes to marking my own performance. My wife is even harder on my performances, but that is another story. Outside the studio, it is a nice evening in London, with many people outside pubs and restaurants. I Uber back to the drop-off point, walk to the station and head for home via the tube and train. I'm on the Oxford Line, which is an overground line out of London, and takes a mere hour and 20 minutes stopping at every station you can name. Just like a tube line, and if anyone who knows me, they will know solitude is not good for my mind as it goes into overdrive, picking at everything that is negative. So by the time I arrive at Oxford Parkway, my 8 is pretty much a 5, and it's not even a cold night. <laughs> 